Well, have you tried a home improvement project lately? If so, you know the cost of wood is soaring. You ain't kidding. In fact, all building materials have skyrocketed during the C-19 pandemic. It's not just wood. Commodity prices are rising all over the place. Keeping in line with the reopening story, commodity prices have surged as demand for everything from oil and lumber to soybeans, sugar, and even rubber is ramping up big time. Over the last year, there's one commodity that has blown up. Lumber. Wood. Lumber. Lumber. Two by fours are more than three times their typical price. Other wood products that we use to build houses like plywood have also soared. The increases are thanks to an unexpected boom in demand. Lumber futures have more than tripled since the rally began in April 2020. Hunkered down homeowners remodeled in mass, and low mortgage rates drove demand for suburban housing, while restaurants raced to construct outdoor dining accommodations. Lumber and plywood started flying off shelves. Wood was in short supply. Sawmills ramped up capacity but couldn't catch up, leading to a surge in prices. New family homes are increasing by a staggering 35K. That can be attributed to the rise in the price of lumber. But with the housing market continuing to run red hot, the price continues to rise. As prices rise, people look to the Federal Reserve to curb inflation. But we fear they may have dismissed the dangers of a red-hot economy. I think the Fed is making a very bold call here on the economy and on inflation and how things are going to work. But everything I hear Melissa suggests to me that they are not about to change their general idea, which is that this inflation is going to pass through the economy and that the key metric to figure out um, when and if it's time to change policy is more linked to the uh, jobs numbers and the overall growth and the uh, uh, recovery of the economy from the pandemic than it is to these uh, inflation numbers that it sees as temporary. If you're curious about why home prices are surging and why restaurants are struggling to find wood to build their outdoor patios, stick around. Welcome to THC, where we unpack the ever-changing technology economy. Hang out with Jed, Shikar, and Adrian as we tackle the industries of tomorrow. This is Things Have Changed. So there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in the economy. One big thing has been there's a shortage of everything from cars, chips, chips, you know, we've covered this extensively uh, over the last month, month and a half, ketchup packets, toothpicks, toilet paper again. Toilet paper, yeah. <laughs> My coffee. <laughs> gas, bro. People gas. be fucking stealing gas and shit now, too. Dude, Jesus. people freak out about things so quickly and they just go into this survival mode and hoard like, <laughs> I don't know, 20, 30 gallons of gas. It's it's crazy. But there is some merit to it. Prices of commodities, you know, the things that we use daily, like, you know, things that you take for granted, right? Um, corn, wood, oil right, the things that basically run the economy, but we don't really think about it, have all been in shortage and their prices have been increasing quite drastically. Lumber, it's up 500% over the last year. If you guys had invested in GameStop, you know, you you had a good return. But if you guys had invested in lumber, you had a good return too, you know, and the list goes on. You have crude oil that did like almost 200%. You have corn up 
100%, copper up 100%, like everything is up 100% except for my portfolio, which is down 50%. So what does that tell you? That's a you problem. That's a me problem. That's a me problem. (laughs) But this phenomenon that is being caused in commodities, you know, this is, this has been seen before. And it's something that people call as a super cycle. You have a cycle and it's super. And that, that sounds lame, but <laughs> but <laughs> wow, it's basically that though. So what is a super cycle, you might ask? Well, a super cycle is a rapid increase in pricing for a broad spectrum of commodities. You know, Shikar mentioned lumber, metals, all these various commodities that really come together to build up our whole economy and all of our consumption that we use day to day. The example back in the day for a commodity super cycle, like it's so intense and things were destroyed. You know what I mean? Like entire economies were destroyed. Like villages were destroyed like during World War II. That's why they needed to build up certain places, right? Like Germany and and Japan, the way they were messed up after World War II, they had um, an intense rebuilding effort, right? But take another example, like something that's more recent to today was was early 2000s, right? Is the the idea of BRICS. You know, if you haven't taken an economics class before, that's that's Brazil, Russia, India, and China, right? These are the countries that were catching up to traditionally Western worlds that had really built up their population and, and their economy. Like they have grown at a really staggering rate since the 80s, right? Brazil, Russia, India, and China are all economies that required upscaling like ridiculous amounts because their population um, was this massive, like there's this massive demand that was unmet before. And they didn't realize like these new products that were coming into the markets. Like for example, if we think about China and how they've lifted like what half a billion people out of, out of poverty um, since the forties, like it's ridiculous how many people now have money to buy certain things. Right. So with any economy that's reshaping or restructuring in any sort of way, there is a possibility of a commodity supercycle to occur. So for the BRICS use case, like in the early 2000s, that's a lot of fucking people. They, yeah. All those combined, Brazil, Russia, India, China, that's 40% of the world population. That's a lot of people getting more access to, let's say, you know, this family now earns a certain amount of money because they started manufacturing, I don't know, more clothes in China. And so they'll be able to go buy houses. So what are they going to need when they go buy houses? They're going to need lumber, right? So they're going to need all sorts of commodities to build up um, build up the economy. And so that's what a commodity super cycle is. And, and that plays out, obviously, in the world markets. Because, for example, what just happened with our shortage of chips, right? We think about how many fucking people wanted chips now because of the smart technologies that we have. That's the same way we can think about how much they wanted when we started building products that already existed, right? Simple as chairs, tables, toothpicks, as we were talking about earlier. (laughs) But yeah, I guess like, why now? Why is the commodity super cycle happening now? Well, like like you said, it's an imbalance in supply and demand. And the pandemic only created a bigger shock into uh, the supply side of things with everything shutting down, um, lumber sawmills uh, closing, factories being shut down. And then the demand just coming back stronger than ever um, as we're coming into recovery. Um, and so we have that imbalance and an inability to meet that new demand due to various reasons, whether that be infrastructure uh, issues, bottlenecks in the supply chain. Or prices could be high, too high for them to rebuild. One thing that we can really think about right now is how much spending we have done um, in the past couple of months, right? So if you think about what's been on the news, right, whether you're in 
an EU country or whether you're in the United States, right? What's coming recently out, what's a really popular plan that everybody's having is infrastructure plans. It's quite interesting, right? Like we're at a time where COVID-19 just pillaged through the freaking universe and <laughs> the world. And people are, are thinking about what can we do to rebuild roads? What can we do to um, rebuild certain economies, right? Because one of the things that happened during COVID-19 is that we got a little irresponsible spending money or maybe not to characterize it like that. We got trigger happy with, with spending, you know, rates have been historically low for such a long time. So there's a lot of incentive here to keep spending, right? Beyond like fiscal uh, policy, there's monetary policy that makes it really easy for us to, for private businesses to go and borrow. And then I, I think like one really interesting thing that's that's happening now is right. We, we just talked about this last year, where we're going into um, what's looking to be the pinnacle of of the green revolution, right? Like we are seeing. So many countries, uh, private businesses, uh, changing their focus onto more sustainable options, uh, renewable energy. You know, with this massive infrastructure plans containing, uh, you know, the blueprints for a new a green revolution, quote unquote. We know that the the composition of certain materials will change. Right? Think about it. Like if if. This infrastructure plan includes any sort of um, spending on on solar panels, right? Let, let's say the plan includes uh, creating a 100% sustainable uh, electricity source for a certain city that will need freaking, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of solar cells, right? And so you'll see certain commodities be more needed. So that demand will be so high that, that the existing suppliers, even pre-pandemic, won't be enough for that. So regardless of the pandemic, there could be things that are just more in demand for EV revolution, right? Yeah. Um, just think so about cobalt, lithium, nickel, sulfate, you know, like these products that go into an actual battery of an electric car. We talked about electric car manufacturers, right? And how they're supposed to freaking find the next cobalt mine. It's really complex, but um, we're seeing that revolution uh, take effect now. Yeah. So the pandemic came by, right? Manufacturing in general just stopped or just slowed down. And what resulted is lumber production too had drastically slowed down, right? To brace for whatever housing slump. No one knew back then, is this the greatest recession that's going to happen? Like who's going to buy houses at this this time? Now, Thanks to, you know, a bunch of uh, monetary policies, fiscal policies and stuff, that slump never arrived. Um, and now suddenly the market was so hot where rates were low, people wanted, wanted to buy houses and people wanted to renovate their existing furniture. And there was a lot of demand for lumber, right? Now, production was not able to meet that crazy demand and is still, and even now, hasn't met uh is not able to meet like this year's entire demand for lumber and housing that's how scorching the market is right now um and what's incredible is because of this all these the confluence of events uh lumber has more or less like you know over the past year it is 5x but from the lows in april it's like 7x that is so so substantial because now um there's this crazy, crazy stat that was like, just the price in lumber has added almost $35,000, $36,000 to a single family home. 
Wow. That's like your down payment for a half a million dollar house, right? So huge increases and, um, I mean, easy access to money and capital. So you're seeing the cycle where, um, again, anecdotal evidence, but a lot of people are just bidding like 10%, 20%, 40% above the market price of the house, which itself is really high, right? So it's becoming pretty unsustainable, especially in the housing market and people are being priced out of the market. If we think about the artificial rise of, of prices, you, you, you try to find out oh, what is what led to this event, you know? And like us looking at the infla- overinflated prices of the raw materials used to create houses, like, hmm, seems like it's unsustainable here. So, you know, the, it it's just like with the increases of, of um, the prices of homes because of this, right? There's still people out there buying houses, bro. Yeah, dude. Why don't I they think- just stop? They should no. Why don't they you just know chill? what? They're buying houses so they can just break it down and sell it for parts because <laughs> the parts itself are so expensive now. So, dude, the Bro, biggest five hundred percent sell that fucking wood, bro. Sell so that buy, wood. You buy a three bed and. Uh, I could get by with two beds, so I'll sell everything in my third bedroom. (laughs) Our next business should be, you know, putting a platform for lumber, recycled lumber. Honestly, that'd be a good idea. You know, this was a funny topic that was just circling around, I guess, finance, Twitter and stuff, where the biggest flex today is to have just boards of lumber with you. So it's not your Gucci bags. It's not your, uh, you know, (laughs) Prada uh shirt it's not your rolexes none of that if you're carrying a bunch of lumber dude you've made it in life 500 <laughs> percent, bro yeah come on so you know with this shock that the lumber industry has had um from pandemic and then just the surge in demand of people buying and remodeling their houses also to add the throughput of lumber has been actually reduced quite a bit because Canada saw like this pest infestation which really affected the lumber quality and yield so there are a lot of factors that have added to this I wouldn't say have been primary drivers but have added to it and now you know um, just to meet demand it's going to take what 12 months from today to catch up to what housing construction and renovation demand is out there. So are you saying that in 12 months, lumber prices will go down, so therefore you should short lumber futures? <laughs> Bro, but it could, the market can Bro, stay I... <laughs> extended longer than you can stay solvent, right? So it could, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you go sharding that stuff, super... it's going to double and you're going to be gonna like, you'll have to s- sell your entire bed and stuff for parts then. <laughs> I mean, dude, a super cycle, a commodity super cycle typically lasts a decade, bro. So if you're, if you're down to short for a decade, that's your period, then, you know, that's okay. But, you know, looking at the demand side, right? Like we talk so much about like real estate and all that stuff, but as a more close example to you, if you're just a consumer not looking for housing, you know, if you've gone out to a lot of cities that, that during lockdown only allowed, you know, outdoor patio seating, Dude, have you seen San Francisco? San Francisco, after being required to have only outdoor seating, they kept it. So that they um, they kept the closed streets for certain areas of San Francisco so that the businesses could have um, outdoor seating areas. Yeah. 
same with same with new york and i wanted to mention that like restaurants they're adding like a 10% 15% 20% rate as a covid tax yeah i mean i and people in new york need that brunch that, that brunch uh rooftop view <laughs> so they're willing to pay dude you wouldn't believe how expensive it is i, I was shocked uh, i can believe it's okay san francisco <laughs> is the same shit but you know to connect that outdoor patios bro are made out of wood right you look at them so some businesses are having a hard time just creating the outdoor patios for those requirements. Although it should be opening up soon. So that shouldn't be a main source of um, uh, lumber shortage problems. But, you know, still to see that, like to them to have to make those decisions um, on lumber that has increased 500 fucking percent, like that's nuts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the the Fed policies don't really help as much. I mean, rates are increasing slightly, but they're still at historic lows. And I don't know, Jed, you're right now in London, right? Dude, over the past year, um, the pound has is up like 20% to the dollar. The dollar has been yeah, and is still very weak compared to what it usually is. So, you know, that also influences all of this. Uh, if the dollar is weak, the other things are strong, commodities are strong, demand is strong, supply is weak, you know, prices are going to rise. So it's interesting um, that the conversation now, you're going to hear a lot more of inflation talks and inflation worries. And six months back, everyone was like, hey, we're printing all this money. Where's the inflation? Bam. Six months <laughs> later, 5x lumber. Is is that it's good here. enough? Is that good enough for you? <laughs> That's so crazy, you know? We we talk about how um, with all this government spending that we were experiencing in 2020 uh, on the onset of COVID-19, we were expecting inflation to come, right? And and we left that message, that call saying, it's like, check it, check us back out in six months, bro. There will be some crazy inflation in certain areas. Bro, we, we named that episode Getting Fed Up with Inflation. <laughs> yep, yep. I remember there was some... Yeah, but that's no, brilliant, though. Yeah, yeah. Like about <laughs> Obviously that me, that's bro. Obviously price, me. <laughs> I might be 50% down on my portfolio, but at least the titles are good. But yeah. <laughs> hey, no, the titles are good. It's, it's working out for us. So, you know, we're seeing the Fed sort of become a little uh, powerless at this moment in, in terms of inflation and how uh, a really fast rise of the interest rate will also be bad for us. So we can't see them doing that. Um, so... It, it seems like an environment where it's dangerous to be doing certain types of, of businesses because you know that you're going to expect higher commodity prices for whatever raw materials you're dealing with or or higher prices for you know certain activities that are reliant on your business. As we were talking about earlier, the, the economy is insanely interconnected. Yeah, it just shows you that whatever business you're in, whatever startup you're working towards, you have to consider every single risk that is relevant to it and ones that you might not think might affect it but there's still a chance bro that how that do you how do you bake in a risk of a bat biting some guy and then he's spreading everywhere <laughs> and then the world shutting down for two years <laughs> you just have to consider all angles bro. all possibilities now actually i mean we're thinking about you know i mean it's not COVID 19 you got to be just looking at you know you you can't you can't price in black swan events it's it's actually yeah. irresponsible to be doing that right like you can't expect black swan events in your certain time in your model like that it doesn't work but what we can do is we know that that the black swan event had happened 
right? We knew about the supply chain uh, disruptions. We knew about the demand that's going to come back. Like, it's not like we were blindsided completely from the beginning of the pandemic. We were talking about food inflation in the beginning. We talked about all sorts of types of inflation. Like, it was coming, dude. Like, we knew, yeah, right? Yeah. On on that note, like, what should you have done knowing that inflation was coming? Yeah, a lot of business owners, uh, restaurant owners, real estate owners, a lot of entrepreneurs actually did the smart move and they could foresee this being an issue, demand being an issue, supply being an issue, and they tied their uh, vendors to long-term contracts at the existing price. So now anyone coming in new, they have to pay like crazy high lumber costs but the folks that actually tied a five-year contract like six months ago are going to get that price you know you know and and that's that's a win-win for both parties because for one you have the guarantee of the supply so you know that no matter what you're going to be uh given uh the amount of materials that you need and on the other hand the supplier their benefit is they have a guarantee uh customer that no matter what through a pandemic they're going to be selling a set amount and they can project and plan ahead uh, responsibly. They actually also might get fucked though, the suppliers. Because, okay, think about this use case, all right? So I was, I was reading some articles about like the, the lumber price, the, the lumber surge pricing, right? And some, some developers had already signed, signed contracts to build, you know, X amount of houses, right? X amount of, of buildings and whatnot. When they signed up to do the deals, they didn't have contracts with their um, lumber suppliers. So what happened? Lumber raised 500%. They're losing money on that contract. What would be really nice is if they had de- if they have the ability to delay the developments of certain areas. If we could delay so that the, the developers don't get fucked, then you know we may be in a place where we're forcing supply and demand to equal, right? But again, we don't know when lumber prices are going down. So this this may be an issue across the board of of companies being insolvent. Shaker thinks it's going to be down in a year. <laughs> Yo, I think Don't I think. Listen, guys, if <laughs> you want to take my days, advice, to make you money. <laughs> if you want to take my advice, the guy who lost fifty percent on his whole portfolio, shot the lumber futures, dude. Shot dude, lumber. Do the. Do the opposite of what Shaker does. <laughs> you would go long after a five X. Come on, dude. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. Right? Yeah, but, but you never know. Long after a five X, dude. You and then it could double. It could double yeah. from there. We live in a time of Bitcoin, Ethereum, yeah, bro. Crypto. Shut the fuck up. Like, there's no way. So I mean, you know, if last note there is, you know, if you're a business that heavily relies on on these commodities uh, for your production, right? Which pretty much that's fucking all of you, right? <laughs> well, a good thing to do is to, to start planning ahead of, of what happens if it's going to be like this for the next 10 years. What do I do? One thing is, you know, maybe switching your raw materials with other, you know, other commodities that aren't experiencing uh, a supply and demand rut, right? You could think about different ways to hedge on the prices of said commodity, Right, I would a little say, bit of finance. I would say buy used stuff, used furniture, used whatever. But th- there's a run on that as well. I don't know if you guys know, know <laughs> but used cars are the highest it's ever been in history. The price of a used car. That's crazy. You weren't sure what you were going to take away from this call <laughs> was after listening to us babble about you know commodity prices. At least one thing you can freaking take away for sure is that long wood invested in lumber, bro. Yeah. Long 
Wood. Not right now. Wood long. Dude, <laughs> we actually have to have a disclaimer after this episode. Others people could sue us. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our show this week. You could subscribe to us, and if you're feeling generous, well, you could even leave us a review. Trust me, it goes a long, long way. You could also follow THC at THC underscore pod on Twitter and LinkedIn. This is Things Have Changed. Things Have Changed.